What are you doing out here? I'm doing stuff. Thanks. You're listening to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Coming to you from both the UK and the USA. Here are your hosts, Sam and Alfie. Hello and welcome back. This is the Stuff and Things Podcast. I seem to be saying welcome back a lot recently. Yeah. We, we vanished for a week, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, monkeys who can operate <laughs> iTunes. Um... I am Sam Jones, uh, talking to you from the UK, and this, my partner in crime, an incredibly busy man right now, Alfie Adams. What's up, Sam Jones? Oh, man, it's like we went a week without talking. Uh, It's weird. I I don't know. I I don't know about that. I don't think we should do that again. Okay. Yeah, that's bizarre. I, I was walking up to strangers again, just talking to them about The Walking Dead, and they just kept telling me to go away. Yeah, um, I can understand that. Yeah, stuff like is that show still on? <laughs> right, that's still a thing. Yeah, who yeah, watches the, that? The, the Walking What now? Um, right. So uh, yeah, apologies, uh, the podcast listeners. We didn't put out a podcast last week. We did kind of forewarn everyone when we came back that you know schedules and things were a bit crazy for us right now. Uh, that has proven to be the fact. Also, here in the UK, uh, we've been getting Snowmageddon too. Uh, Revenge of the Snow uh, basically means we got snowed again. Now, if you're listening to us in America or probably any other country in the world where you have snow on a regular basis, you may be laughing at the fuss we make in the UK. Uh, basically, anything from like two centimeters up and everything stops from trains to buses to schools. It's hilarious. Mm. Um, so it just causes chaos. Uh, if you're listening in the UK, you're nodding along to this right now, just thinking, yep. Yep, we really do just grind to a halt. <laughs> so, yeah, it froze schedules, and uh, rather than recording, that's last week I was spending time with my delightful daughter. Um, so, yeah, all good. But we're back now, and we have two episodes to discuss. Um, yes, sir. Episode 11, and then uh, the most recent uh, offering, episode 12. So uh, I'll do a gimple and jump around, but I'm not going to do it so badly. We're not going to discuss them in separate episodes. So uh, we will open up, if you are happy, with discussing uh, episode 11. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, as per like we discussed before, we're not going to do it linear. We are going to sort of jump around and talk about the individual story arcs going on in the episodes. So I want to open up our discussion on this one with the fact that Daryl is leading the group of Alexandrian survivors basically to the hilltop. So all the right. people that Carl saved, um, you know, rest in peace, Carl. I miss you already, buddy. Um, <laughs> is is there. Daryl's leading them. There, one quick observation I made, and a few people who watch the show probably made this as well. Uh, remember when Daryl's leaving and he took Judith and said to Rick, hey, Rick, I'll make sure she gets there. Don't worry. I got this. And he took Judith. Yep. Yeah, he's there. And Judith was somebody else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Straight away. So that, that made me laugh. Now, don't get me wrong. Daryl, at this precise moment, sort of scouting ahead. So he wouldn't be taking Judith anyway. But it just made me laugh that the very f- next scene we see Daryl in, he's like not with her. Judith's been palmed on to somebody else. Uh, actually, with Tobin. Yeah, um, one of our podcast listeners, I think, has a serious crush on. Yeah, I think Man- yeah. Manda's got something for Tobin. Yeah. Hashtag shipping Tobin. Um, 
So, yeah, Tobin the Nanny is what I've written down. He's doing a very good job. He seems a very good guy. Um, There was a little bit of dialogue and something I picked up as well. Rosita referred to Carl as the kid, and I thought that was quite a nice little flashback. Throwback, thing. yep, yeah. yep. Uh, I like that. Um, the, the next part I want to kind of touch on with this, which I think opens up a broader conversation for us, is I mm. want to talk about Tara in this episode. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, it needs to be discussed. Um, there's a line that Tara says, which I'm going to give, and then that kind of opens the conversation. Tara uh, points a gun at Dwight, uh, despite everybody saying, you know, we need him right now. Right. And she says, you don't get to switch sides and it be okay. My my straightaway reaction was that was like, really? You, right. you are saying that? Uh, what was your reaction to, to that line and to the Tara kind of arc in this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had to, unfortunately, if I had to sum this show up right now with two words, it would be lazy writing. You have mentioned it before. I mean, pretty much any other cast member could have said that. Yep. And you'd have been like, yeah, they got a point. Yep. Not her. No. The, the, <laughs> the one cast member who has changed sides. Just as a little recap, because some people may be forgetting, Tara was introduced to us originally as a member of the governor's second group. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Woodbury, but when the governor went off and basically looked like a pirate, and came yep. across the sisters in the high-rise building. Tara was one of those sisters. Um, and she has been around ever since then. She was there when the attack on the prison happened. It destroyed the prison. And everyone, yep. you know, the governor died. And Tara was then one of the people that escaped with Glenn. And has been with the group ever since. Um, I posted a meme about this because it did make me laugh. And a few people sort of obviously thought it was funny as well. Uh, one person replied to the meme saying, yeah, but she didn't kill anybody. Yeah, I don't think, you know, that's not the point. She was there as part of the governor group. Um, mm-hmm. Whether she was on board with his ideology, etc. like that, she has changed sides. <laughs> now, whether she killed people or anything like that. Now, Dwight was part of the saviors. Uh, we have seen Dwight as a character on a story arc where, let's face it, if he'd been killed... A while ago, no one would have cared, battered an eyelid. Um, But the episode where we really got to know him was when we had the interactions with his wife, uh, his slash Negan's wife, Sherry. And you remember the note she left at the house and things like that? Yep. From that point onwards, I think we've got to uh, not necessarily empathize with, but perhaps have a greater understanding of the character um does it condone killing people no but then again rick has gone and straight up murdered a baby daddy and then took the baby mm-hmm. um no one's screaming that rick should be you know killed next so right no one is innocent in this apocalypse um but tara's actions in this so go to full circle to what i'm saying it, it defies logic now i'm guessing they are going for the fact that uh, he killed the woman she was in love with. Oh, and okay. therefore her actions are out of that and not 
thinking it through. I, Maybe. I, I, I'm still a bit of a loss. There's an interaction with Rosita, uh, and Rosita's, you know, you saw, I saw you running after him. Why didn't you try and stop me? No one could have stopped me. Now, we saw Rosita in the back end of season seven basically do some pretty dumb stuff, and her character doing things that I was getting so frustrated with, I'd have been happy just for Rosita to be ended, to be honest with mm, you. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way about Tara right now. Um, I don't think um I don't think it was covered well enough in the show to justify the way she was acting. No. I think if we'd seen more emotional turmoil from her, more should I, shouldn't I, I think everyone could have been a bit more on board with the way she acted. The fact right. that she seems absolutely fine but just angry, yeah, it, it just didn't translate to me. But that's just me. I know it's all about opinions. Um, but yeah, her her actions and the fact she did go to shoot him as well. She did try and kill him. Knowing that she tried to kill him, what did you think towards Dwight's actions then by going with the saviors and basically saving her and everybody else? Ah, uh, you know, I I had hoped when Dwight was first introduced that he would kind of go the way of the comic. And he has, and he's probably one of my more favorite characters right now. Yeah. Because you can understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. They have with him laid out a good uh, story and it's been logical and he's stuck with it. You know, he's stayed true to his character. So yeah, I, I think they've done good with that. Because the way he's portraying it as well, it's not so much, you know, oh, I think Rick and everyone, you guys have got it right. You know, I, I definitely want to be on your side. It's not that. It's the enemy right. of my enemy is my friend. Yep. You know, and and so the way, you know, th- this has gone on and his character does make sense. The way he stepped up out of the bushes then, you know, she's just tried to kill him. You know, so he'd probably be in all of his rights to not be very happy with this group right now. Right. Um, But he steps up to save them because I think perhaps in being around these people just very briefly, you know, he was there as Carl died. He can see Judith, you know, the kids, the family's there. He's thinking, you know, if I just lead these guys away. What is interesting to me is when he steps out of the bushes, he thinks they're going to be after him. (laughs) Uh, you know, he steps out thinking he's in trouble because of that one woman that got away who's likely right. to grass him up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that he was basically just willing to step out. Uh, he does that. So he is now back at the sanctuary and, you know, clearly just sort of living on borrowed time, really, because if this other saviour does show up, <laughs> I mean, he's he's not going to survive this one. Um, the other part of this, just to touch on then... Uh, they're talking about what direction to go. And Dwight highlights the fact that in this area, the saviors have got all of them pretty much mapped out, but they didn't bother with the swamps because Negan deemed it too dangerous. I mean, it's kind of an obvious move that, okay, well, if they've not scouted that, that's the way to go. But if the saviors are deeming it too dangerous, which to be fair, Tara points out, what did you think about the decision of Daryl that, Hey, yeah, that's the way we'll go then. Uh, yeah uh, best of bad options 
Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, best. That's a good way to put it. Best of bad options. Yeah. Um, the other, so uh, they're obviously aiming to get to the hilltop. So to follow this kind of sequence and stuff through, um, at the hilltop, they are having food issues. I really liked that. I liked the fact that they're kind of bringing in this reality of, I remember back in start of season two where they were going house to house and you know, yep. having to try and eat dog food and stuff like that. I liked that aspect of it that were brought back in and they had to make a decision or rather Maggie has to make a decision on rationing and how far it's going to go. Right. I just want to put it to you. Would you feed the prisoners? Uh, no. <laughs> you Mm-mm. just leave them be. I mean, it would depend. I mean, it would depend on my total resources I had. If I could give them a single meal a day of, you know, some some greens or something, yeah. But sorry, if it came down to us dying or them dying, yeah. What about dropping one of them, cooking them up on a barbecue, going full terminus? No, no terminus. Just checking. I needed to know where the line was. Okay. Um, the other thing about the the hilltop, so it, it's a bit of a criticism for me. I actually really oh. enjoyed this episode. Um, okay. And one of the main reasons why I enjoyed it is the Father Gabriel stuff, which we're going to come yeah. on to. Yeah. Um, but I, I like this episode. Um, one of the things that irked me is when the guys arrive at the hilltop, I really wanted to see... Uh, Daryl deliver the news about Carl, and oh, I felt okay. I felt completely robbed of the emotional scenes of Enid finding out, of Maggie finding out, of Carol finding out, of Morgan finding out. Right, because they did this kind of artsy musical, everything in silent, and you just see people crying. I felt really cheated by that. I really wanted to see. You know, Morgan lost his son, and now his best friend in all of this, Rick, just lost his son. Yep. Is this going to be something that pushes Morgan again? Is this something, you know, is Morgan going to now try and help Rick? You know, it's just, there were so many, you know, Carol's known Carl for a long time. When she lost her daughter, you know, Carl, she kind of stepped in for a while. Remember when she was training him to use a knife on yep. Rick's back and stuff? Yep. There's all of these really deep attachments and stuff, and it just kind of got brushed over, and I really hated that. I felt cheated. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my bit of criticism, really. I, I didn't enjoy that. I, I wanted to see the emotion. Yeah, I mean, you're talking the biggest character of the series that's died. Yeah. And... It it feels like if this would have happened in like season three, they would have spent, you know, probably a good solid episode, if not two, covering the fallout of everybody yeah. affected. Um, it, this just felt like it was obligatory of, well, we have to do this because it would be completely lazy writing to not mention it. Yeah. But we're not going to give up any screen time for it. Yeah, so like I was saying, man, I just felt a bit disappointed by that. I, I felt that we were kind of robbed of having great scenes that the actors could have got really stuck into. Uh, you know, Morgan, Carol, Maggie in particular, Enid, definitely. 
Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I felt a bit robbed by that. Um, the last thing I want to touch on before I go into the Father Gabriel arc is obviously Negan's big plan, which we get at the end. Uh, Dwight's back at the Sanctuary. And Negan's big idea, which actually comes from Eugene, the the, the charming so-and-so that he is, still no idea where the Eugene storyline's going right now. Um, <laughs> but Negan is planning to coat their weapons in walker guts and blood. Yep. He wants to injure a few from the from the hilltop and let them turn. Uh, this is kind of a pull from the comics yep. um, where they do that. Uh, there's a bit of a story that goes with that, which they could possibly do, but it looks like they might be veering away from. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. So, so this brings me to the bit I kind of loved the most about this episode which was the Father Gabriel and the Doctor. Um, the two of them have escaped the sanctuary, and in amongst everything else that's going on in the episode, uh, we basically have this over overtone of Father Gabriel, pure faith that they're on the right path. I mean, at one point he even says, we might be on the wrong road, literally, but I believe we're on the right path. He He's searching for purpose. You know, why am I still here? Why am I still going? And he believes his purpose now is to get the doctor back to Maggie. That's why he's there. Right. Um, he's very ill. He's got an infection, which we believe or being led to believe is from being covered in the Walker guts. Um, we've never known any other character suffer from this. Could be a possible new thing that we have to explore, which could be interesting, but right. probably not. It'll probably just happen <laughs> once and get dumped. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting. The old Walker camouflage causes people to get ill. That would become quite a big thing, especially for poor Nick and fear of Walker. Oh Nick. my gosh, yeah. Um, I really liked what they did with this. Um, basically, it was this kind of Father Gabriel's faith that everything's going to work out against a very skeptical doctor, mm-hmm. and things kept working out, you know. And it was, and the best thing about this is, yeah, you can kind of go, well, it's far fetched. I've had days like that where just things seem to come up aces. I think everybody can think of a day sure, where sure. things have just happened. Um, they, they find a house. Um, I really liked that uh, because there was this guy in the house and it was kind of like this real, again, throwback feel to the fact that this guy in this house was a radio operator and mm. he'd been trying to contact people and he'd been bunkered down hoping it would all blow over. It reminded me of that series one, series two feel again. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> which I clearly miss. <laughs> um, so I liked that. Uh, but we just kept having these situations. Oh, Father Gabriel was really ill. He needs to find some medicine. Well, the guy there had antibiotics. Right. Um, the Father Gabriel and him need to find some transport. He knocks over something and they find a map and car keys. Um, we just had this series of events where things kept seeming to go for them. Uh, I also liked that this house had bear traps around it. Mm. Um, so we had these walkers with great kind of visuals of their legs either being pulled off or attached to these traps. Yep. Unfortunately for the doctor, he got caught in one and we had the scene which reminded me of star Wars. Remember return of the Jedi Yeah. where, um, Han Solo's blind. Yeah. And, um, uh, Lando Calrissian's being held onto it, and he's saying, "Aren't you blind?" He's like, "It's okay, it's okay." Right, right, right. And so we had Father Gabriel with the gun, basically can't see, and he's just aiming, and then he closes his eyes and shoots. 
And yep. he hits the walker and the doctor's laughing like, oh, everything, everything you're doing, you know, someone's helping us. What grounded it for me and actually made it very good, although sad, is the saviors catch them. And when the saviors have caught them, we then have a situation where the doctor has now gone full circle. He now believes that someone's watching after them. He goes for a gun thinking that everything's all right and he gets killed. Mm. And we've now got Father Gabriel now completely shook to his very core because, mm. you know, he felt that they were on the right path no matter what. Everything was going to be okay. Right, right. Bang. <clears throat> I mean, I I really enjoyed that. No, it was it was it was definitely the best part of that that episode. And it was entertaining, you know, the the bits where the doctor kept like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> you know, you found the keys now." Or, yeah, right. We right. need to find a map. Oh, what? Now you found a map? Come on, this ain't funny. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was really well done. Really well acted. Um, I think Father Gabriel as a character has really evolved. Um, is far more interesting now than he was, you know. Uh, oh yeah back. yeah um, for sure so yeah uh i mean from that episode i don't really have anything else more to say <sighs> I, I i enjoyed that episode but i think mostly down to the father gabriel storyline i really enjoyed that yeah i enjoyed uh father g um he's definitely become one of my favorites also i've loved the evolution he's gone through yep the rest of the episode um, I was just scratching my head more than I was doing anything else. The sort of Tara sort of thing. Stuff. Yeah, Tara, Daryl, Carl Hilltops. I just, yeah. Okay. Yep, could have done without it. Okay, well, that <laughs> brings us to the most recent episode. Yeah. Uh, the most recent episode being episode 12, The Key. Now, before we dive into this, I just want to say, uh, we talked about it on the last podcast. What I said I was going to do is every week, I'm going to put out a poll on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash stuff and thangs podcast. And I'm going to ask the audience, basically, would you imprison Negan, you know, let him live after all the things he's done, or would you kill him? Right. I don't know whether, I'm actually quite surprised at the results. Okay. Because it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, we had a fair few votes, and 56% said kill him. Mm. 44% said let him live, but jail him. I'm going to run it again, um, because we are just going to sort of keep an eye on it and see where we go. But that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, that's a lot, lot closer than I thought it would be. I wonder, um, just because of reading comments all across Facebook on different posts, uh, it seems that Negan has a uh, near and dear spot to a lot of women. Um, Um, With regards to... Oh, just just the fact they find him attractive? Or yes, because he was yes. In a show? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because he, he, he's attractive, they want him to stay on screen. Ah. Oh, whatever well, you go. If you are a female listener to the podcast, let us know if, if that's one of the reasons you'd like to keep him around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about the, the most recent episode then. Yeah. Um, uh, eight, episode 12, it was titled The Key. Um, 
again, we're just going to talk about different sort of story arcs in this. Um, the first one I want to talk about is the introduction of this new character, a lady called Georgie. Yep. Um, and her very odd sidekicks, uh, who appear to be twins. Um, I think they gave us their names, but I've got to be honest, that didn't go in. Uh, right. But yeah, Georgie, uh, basically we've just been introduced to this woman. She's left a message outside of the hilltop saying she will trade uh, the key to the future or like, you know, goods that will help them um, for food or records. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie sets out with Michonne, Enid and Rosita and they do what Maggie and Rick <laughs> has done before, which is take no chances and kind of be ready to ambush these people. Uh, the woman doesn't seem phased at all about having guns pointed at her. Uh, she also looks very clean and tidy for the mm-hmm. apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, spoiler warning or potential spoiler warning. Right. Okay, so if you're listening, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's happening in the comics right now. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to come to the show, though. <laughs> um, right. When I first saw this woman get out of the van... I thought, oh wow, we're this. This is the woman. This is going to be a big jump to the new world order. Yep. Uh, because she looks completely kind of clean cut, almost like a politician. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, I I just generally thought that. So it's going to be interesting to see if she reappears down the line and whether there is some kind of bigger picture to her because that little kind of clapped out van and the two sidekicks she's got, she didn't seem to fit with that. Right. Uh, the problem is, of course, is the show, as we've pointed out, can be quite lazy and what they do with stuff. But I'd like to think we're getting something deliberate here. She, she looked far too clean for this world. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think this was what I was, this is what I was messaging you about. Uh, earlier in the week from reading the spoilers. Yeah. And, you know, it definitely sounded like it could be, um, I can't think of her name in the comics, but they they look super similar um, from the Commonwealth, but she's under a different name in the comics. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. I don't know what Gimple's doing, but, um, yeah, I mean, the theory's been thrown out there that she is from the Commonwealth, and we'll see her again later. Um, well, we've had reference to the helicopter. We've seen right. a helicopter. We've had reference to a helipad. Mm-hmm. Um, it it would it would stand to reason this person being so clean cut and image etc. She's not going to be sleeping in that van, right. <laughs> you know? Right? There just something feels. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just something feels very off there and it's going to be interesting to explore it um maggie clearly is very very cagey about any new people oh, let's sure. face it anybody new in this world has basically been gonna kill you or gonna eat you you know it's been like that from the start uh maggie's actions in what she does there i think are pretty justified um she maggie as a leader though is quite interesting for me she seems to be right on the fence at the moment of her decision making. You know, uh, I need to do what's best for my people, but where do I draw the line? And I find that quite an interesting thing to explore because 
whenever our group when our group was smaller and Rick was you know undisputed leader of all Maggie and everyone always used to question Rick on his decisions they'd get behind him but they would often right. question him or you know come on Rick should did we need to do that right did we need to shoot that person um and now we've got a situation where Maggie is in charge she is trying to act for the greater good and she's you know shot a savior uh you know a couple of weeks back for us Mm-hmm. Um, she's now talking about cut, you know, rationing and what she's going to do. And now this woman shows up basically offering stuff and she's being taken prisoner in essence by Maggie and Maggie's talking about taking all their food because, you know, I might as well take it off them because they're not going to be able to defend it themselves. Right. It was almost a very kind of governor, bad guy approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I find that kind of interesting. Um, Maggie eventually does do the right thing. She lets her go. And the woman, it's interesting. The woman basically then says to Maggie, look, looking around, you guys need the food. Maggie hands her a load of records. Um, The woman offers the food, but then gives her a book, which is basically instructions like medieval construction, how to build a windmill, how to build all these things. Do you think that this is hinting towards or almost confirming the kind of time jump situation that they that <clears> had <throat> in the comics. Because if we look at the kind of Carl flash forward visions of this community where we've got wells and we've got windmills and all this stuff going on and everybody's building and constructing um, that, if you were to go back to the comics is basically what happens after a time jump. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, when we get reintroduced to all these communities, they're all kind of thriving and and stuff like that. One of the things we don't really have is how that happened or what happened right. in the meantime right. to spring that up. Do you think that the introduction of this woman and this book being handed to Maggie could signal uh, we're going to get a bit of a time jump and this gives them the out as to how all this stuff was built? Or which is what I really hope we're going to have this time jump filled in and we're going to get to see the progression of how these communities build themselves up. So yeah, there, there, you know, that's the, the hot topic of debate in some circles and with Carl being dead, yep. they're not really forced now to do the time jump. And in a lot of aspects, it would make it easier to not time jump. So you don't have to like age characters and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the hardest thing they would have to figure out is Maggie's baby. Yep. You know what they're going to do with that. But I mean, I think that's small. So I, I think they could go either way. Yeah. I mean, it's still open to go either way. It was just, it was just when I saw what the book was, I kind of immediately went, Oh wow. That's, that's kind of confirming the time jump. But then when I thought about it afterwards, I was like, well, actually, right. no, this could be the first part of us actually filling in that time. Yep. Um, okay. So that kind of, uh, are there any other aspects of that small story arc you wanted to pick up on? No, I, I mean, I wish I, had, I wish I had good faith in, in Scott Gimple to know that, you know, perhaps this is, that was somebody from the Commonwealth that we saw and we'll start seeing glimpses of that. There's a lot of little pieces 
that if you want to speculate, could be really interesting. You know, was she from the Commonwealth? Yep. Was the um, uh, the radio, well, going back an episode, the radio operator that um, uh, Gabriel found, yep. you know, could that end up being the radio that uh, Eugene uses after the time jump to contact uh, yeah. the Commonwealth, you know, or, or I mean, lots of things. There's, just, there's lots yeah. of little things that um, could potentially turn out to be really cool. On the flip yeah. side of that, I've seen them ruin fantastic stories and I've seen them forget others completely. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, you know, abandoned plot lines. Uh, right. Many. Right, um, right. Okay, so yeah, I mean, basically any good faith we had in them doing good stuff has been kind of blown out of the water. But yep. I, I'd like to see where that goes. So I'm yep. hoping I'm, I'm an eternal optimist in that regard. Oh, all right. Um, just want to pick up on Michonne. Um, Michonne okay. has a few interactions with Maggie, uh, interactions with Enid. Um, Michonne is obviously suffering from Carl's death. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's your thinking on Michonne and where her head's at at the moment? I honestly, I mean, I know they they spent a good amount of time together, her and Carl. Yeah. Sometimes, and I just got to be honest here, sometimes the amount of grief that she's showing seems forced. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like she's Lori. I mean, in yeah. in real world time, uh, Carol, uh, Maggie, uh, so many people have had a lot more time with Carl yeah. than she has. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just I, maybe it's just me. It just sometimes feels forced of like, okay. we want this to be this big, dramatic. Uh, thing and i don't know yeah it just feels forced to me okay um i I don't know if i feel it feels forced i i do think that they they've put more of a focus on her reaction to carl's death than they have rick's which i find a little bit odd yeah um in in this episode we got kind of which is where i was going to go we got kind of two sides to the coin which was michonne uh taking on board what carl said about you know there has to be something else has kind of latched on to that and channeling all her grief into that. Um, you know, the way she was talking to Maggie, the way she was talking to Enid, um, you know, yes, we're going to fight for our rights, but then we have to think about what happens afterwards. Right. Um, I find that quite interesting. Now, we're on the flip side. Uh, Rick has kind of gone back away. We, we've now got a bit of savage Rick again, in this episode anyway, whether it yeah. stays... Um, because, uh, we finally have Daryl apologizing for what he did. Um, but it's kind of a, uh, apology, non-apology really. He, he kind of just accepts, look, I did this, but then Rick seems to be because of his mindset doesn't say, yeah, you idiot. He, he kind of goes, no, 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 you were right. I shouldn't have been thinking about him. We should have just killed them all. Um, I think that's more a, an indictment of where Rick is right this moment. And I right. think, I think Daryl knows he's done wrong. I think Daryl knows looking at Rick that, Hey, Rick might be agreeing with me in this instant, but 
he doesn't really. <laughs> right, um, right. I think Daryl tries. It was nice to hear Daryl talk as well. Yeah. Just run. Yeah. Um, uh, I really, I, did I tell you a few weeks back on the Talking Dead? Um, uh, who's the main guy who does all the special effects? On Nicotero. The, Nicotero, there we go. Yep. The guy involved in The Walking Dead, who I really like, Greg Nicotero, said, yeah, because um, uh, they were talking about Gimple leaving. Mm-hmm. And he dropped a line which was so subtle about, yeah, we're hoping Daryl can say more again. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, there's so many little subtle digs going on around oh, the Talking is. Dead. Um, and in interviews and press, it, I don't know, it just it's interesting to me. I, I'm almost more fascinated by that than some of the storylines. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, Nick, I mean, that, that felt very pointed to me that, you know, hopefully we can have Daryl talking again now. Yeah, that was very, uh, yeah, very directed. Um, but yeah, so Daryl spoke, and it was nice. Uh, he got to act again rather than just shrug his shoulders and grunt and look in moody silence. Um, that was good. Uh, Rick, you, uh, I like Andrew Lincoln a lot. I mean, I think he can convey so much in scenes without even speaking. We have him this kind of, you know, he says, "I'm okay." He didn't look okay one bit. No. And and then he just kind of, I will be okay. You know, he, he just, great. And I, full credit to him. I mean, he is still the star of this show. Really. Oh, sure, sure. Um, he, he's brilliant. Um, so we've had that. Now, I just want to touch on one more thing before we focus purely in on the Rick versus Negan aspect of everything, if you don't mind. Yep. Um, and that other thing I want to touch on is Simon. Mm, yep. Simon of the Saviors last week, uh, or sorry, the week before last even, we know was very, you know, he went off and he killed all of the garbage pail kids slash heapsters, whatever. Yeah. They are gone because he killed them all and left one alive. They're the exact opposite of what Negan told him to do. Mm-hmm. For me... We talked at the time, and I said, the show, I think, is going to try and push Simon as the big bad, and therefore try and soften people towards Negan. They have done that this week, for me. Yep. They have now pushed that, that Simon is the warlord, Simon's the one that wants to kill everybody, and is the real, true, unhinged, mad, bad guy in all of this. Um, I just want to say again as well, Steve Ogg, who plays Simon's brilliant, Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy just puts everything <laughs> into that. You can tell. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, he immediately when we see him in this episode is politicking. He's in Dwight's ear. Hey, top guy to top guy. You know what do you think about this? Right, right. He he is trying to build a power base. I think Simon is planning, regardless of what happens in this, to take over, mm. or at least try. To take yeah. over. Yep. Um, he is kind of done. You know, he refers to Negan as the big man. We do as he says. He he gets everyone to say they are Negan. But to me, he's doing all of that purely and simply as a power grab for himself. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Um, any other things on Simon you want to touch on? So I know there's a few scenes with him in this. No, including, no. Including no. a few nice moments where we see him kind of do a wry smile when Negan gets his car hit and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the old look the camera bad guy smile. Right, um, right, right. 
so yeah, I mean, in that case, man, let's focus on what was the main part of this episode, yep. which is Rick versus Negan 2. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the first time we had a punch-up with them was at Alexandria. We now have a second one. Um, so let me start by saying we have a car chase, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Rick is on watch. He's there. And I'm guessing the idea is if they see the saviors come and they hit their horn, someone nearby will hear it. They'll hit their horn and so on and so forth. Right. Rick, however, just he's about to hit the horn, realizes that Negan is in a car on his own. Negan driving a kind of muscle car thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick seeing this as the opportunity of ultimate kind of, he swore he's going to kill Negan. And he, he, rather than hitting the horn, he jumps in his vehicle and off he goes. The saviors are driving through the streets. We see Simon clock the car coming and say nothing. And then we see it hit Negan's car and the two of them go speeding off into a car chase. Right. Um, what did you think about the car chase aspect, first of all? Uh, I mean, it was exciting. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a 80s action movie fun. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, which we've had a few times. This sure. Season. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't necessary, but it was fun. Um, yeah. I guess. Probably Andrew Lincoln. I want to drive a car. Right. <laughs> I, want to, yeah. I want to ram somebody. Right. Um, that was kind of fun. Uh, we don't see it, but they crash, uh, whether Rick catches him and hits him and he spins or whatever. Uh, but we, we then catch up with them again with the muscle car on its side. Negan is in the car, uh, kind of out and coming to. And Rick is getting out of his uh, like Jeep thing and is opening up with his machine gun. Now, to quote Chris Hardwick from The Talking Dead, so this is the companion show and the guy mm. who is paid by AMC to basically promote The Walking Dead, Rick going after Negan with Stormtrooper aim. Yep. <laughs> Not for the first time. Rick, who is a trained police officer, not just some civilian who's been handling guns for a couple of years in the apocalypse, here is one of the few people we can say should be able to hit stuff is basically spraying and praying here. <laughs> He's yep. Firing bullets everywhere. Uh, there's walkers around, which he seems to just completely ignore because, you know, what threat are they nowadays? Right. Um, and he's just chasing down Negan. Uh, there's two aspects of that. One, I didn't like the fact that he didn't hit anything. You know, that's kind of crazy. This is Rick. If he'd seen the walkers and turned the gun on them to allow him to get the Negan, I'd have been more on board with that. Right. But the fire of that many rounds and not even clip the guy, uh, you know, go, anyway. going, going back to just like at, at the sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we just basically unloaded on him. Yep. The one thing I would say when I initially saw it and like the walkers were there and Rick was ignoring them, that annoyed me. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, he's purely one track minded. He wants to kill Negan. Fair enough. You know, right. I'm going to kind of, Focusing on that, that makes sense. Um, we then have, when he gets to the building, Negan's waiting for him, Lucille, and he does that kind of slide, turns round. Rick's got a hatchet. He's got Lucille. Um, we finally have the two of them fighting. We have this moment where Negan, uh, Rick fires the hand cannon, as I call it. Um, Negan's basically running for his life. Mm-hmm. He gets to the top of the stairs and hears the click as Rick's out of ammo. So he decides to try and be a bit cocky like Negan is, you know, like, ah, you're out of ammo. What are you going to do now, Rick? Come on. Right. So Rick throws the hatchet like a tomahawk, yep. <laughs> which 
which I loved. Um, it lands right in the wall. Negan jumps out of the way, dropping Lucille. And we have this kind of Lucille moment where he realizes he's dropped his bat. Um, but then he's dangling. He's sort of dangling there, holding on. Rick walks up like, you know, the top man, pulls his hatchet out. Now, was Rick trying to bury it in his head or was he trying to cut his hands off to make him drop? Man, you, you're talking about a guy who just had a pistol in almost point blank range yeah, and couldn't hit Negan. I don't know no. what he was trying to do. <laughs> I mean, so I'm sorry, man. When when the machine gun started, I was like, okay, I'm done. And then when he had him in pistol range, still missed him. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is so, this is so bad. I'm sorry. I was done. Assuming that Rick was going to kill him at this point with the axe, Negan lets go and therefore falls we're going to say two stories because he falls one story through the floor. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so he's fallen two stories. So for through the ground floor into the basement. However, when Rick gets down there, Negan seems fine. Yeah. Um, just to quote the talking dead again, uh, Yvette Brown, who's a super fan of the show, you know, and she's really good. She watches every episode. She analyzes it. She's brilliant. Right. If you ever see her talk to Walking Dead, it's worth your time. She's really good. Uh, she said, Negan's clearly now Superman. He doesn't get ill when covered in guts. <laughs> now, um, he crashes a car, um, falls all the way through that building, and he's absolutely fine. And she even rocked her head back and said, yeah, I'm almost done. Right? That, that was her saying okay. that on the oh, Talking Dead wow. couch. Chris Hardwick replied, and this has such a good double meaning, which I'm sure you're going to pick up on. He says, yeah, he has that leather jacket. He has the Fonzie jacket. Oh, wow. Uh, people listening, the double meaning behind that is there's a, a term in TV, which Alfie taught me, and is a very big term called jumping the shark. Yep. That refers to an episode of Happy Days where the Fonz literally jumped a shark and people tuned out after that they went you know what realism's gone i'm yep. done with this show and in tv now when people feel that that happens they refer to it as jumping the shark chris hardwick was less than subtle with that for me um and the both of them have made such a valid point and it's something me and you have talked about so many times yeah this is a fantasy show with zombies yeah we all know that but what attracted people to the show and drew people in was the fact they tried to make it reality-based. Right. You know, yes, this is an unreal situation, but we're going to make it like it's really happening in this world, you know, right now. With all the things we've got at our disposal, it's, you know, we're going to make it as real as possible. The reality is, yeah, you can have a situation where you fire loads of bullets and by some fluke, none of them hit. Yeah, we get all of that. We've kind of accepted that on loads of occasions because me and you have discussed it. It's amateurs firing guns. Rick is a marksman who we have seen countless times pick zombies off with headshots from all sorts of ranges. He does it by just drawing his gun, bang, 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 and you see heads explode. Yep. The reality that Rick couldn't kill Negan in that instance when he is right there, given... 
that we've seen him countless times pick zombies off or other people off makes no logical sense and is an equivalent of jumping the shark that, okay, you've now wrapped Negan in such thick plot armor that you're putting him in peril makes no sense because we all know he's going to be absolutely fine. He crashed his car, he fell two stories through a building, and he was fine. It just, all of that just adds up to frustration for me and what should have been, uh, you know, a, a real action tense sequence between the two big characters. Right. Ended up almost falling into farce, as far as I'm concerned. Yep, I agree. Um, that being said, there were uh, the visuals of Rick finding Lucille and setting it on fire were great. But again, there's one aspect of this which, if you didn't watch The Talking Dead, I guarantee you would not have picked up on. Okay. There's a really sim- symbolic moment of Rick setting Lucille on fire. What makes it symbolic is the fact he uses Glenn's lighter to do it. Mm. The shot was so dark, I didn't see what he used. Obviously, we just assumed it was a lighter. Right. And the show had not made any reference to him still having that in such a long time. I personally, uh, many people may message me and please do if you got that. I would not have known that at all unless they told me on The Talking Dead. Yeah, no clue. And if you have to have a companion show to fill in your plot points for you, you're doing things wrong. Mm-hmm. As an audience... As an audience member, we should spot those little things ourselves and love them for it. Like, oh, wow, look at that. That's great. And in earlier seasons, the reason why me and you do a podcast is because there was so much of that stuff we could talk about. Yeah. Like, oh, this scene where you used that, that was a throwback to that. And it was all there. It was all laid out. The audience to find and pick up themselves. And the idea behind the Talking Dead back then was just to help you decompress because the show was so intense. Right now, it's almost like a, a it's almost like Gimple uses it to fill in the blanks because he knows the storytelling's letting him down. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, we have we have this fight between Rick and Negan. Uh, Rick set fire to Lucille. The visuals of that are great. Um, credit to them. Uh, Negan, you know. I think for the first time is genuinely quite afraid of Rick. I think he's seeing a side to Rick in this moment that actually really unnerves him. What what do you think? Yeah, I I think, I think you could be right. Um, You know, this (sighs) Negan has always been able to survive. Um, through various ways, intimidation, leveraging. And I think he's realized that Rick, at least at, at this state yeah. is like beyond reason. You yeah. Know? And then, yeah, that's, that's spot on beyond reason because right. I mean, he's trying to shout out a few times, you know, what is wrong with you, Rick? You're going to get us both killed. Right. You know? And, um, Negan does escape. And then when Rick finally manages to make his way out of there as well, Negan's gone, he's vanished, and Rick's kind of left looking for him. We later find, in kind of the final scene, uh, Negan's asleep in a car, and uh, we have a cap, you know, his captor's got a gun to his head, 
And we see that that is Jadis, yep. um, the leader of the Garbage Pail Kids slash Heapsters slash Mincemeat 2018. Um, I just want to take a very brief note that the CGI on that was shocking. So bad. <laughs> they, they basically felt like a 1920s film where, you know, the guy in the background was pushing the scenery past. You know, they really is the budget that bad that you can't even have a convincing car driving along now. Mm. Um, if people didn't pick up on that, good because I did and it was awful. Um, so yeah, man, that, that's everything I want to discuss on this episode. So, what about yourself? Were there any other bits that you wanted to pick up on or, or sort of chat through? No, I guess the the only other thing that I've seen really making uh, waves on the internet is. You know, st- uh, even though Gimple has come out and said, no, it's not. And there's still a lot of people that are convinced that Jadis is going to become Alpha. For me, her taking Negan hostage mm-hmm. ended that for me. Really? Yeah, for me, if she'd gone off and we'd not seen her again, okay, uh, that would have, for me, meant that she's gone off and perhaps that's going to happen. The fact that we've seen her again, when I saw it was her who had Negan, the, the gun, uh, you know, the, the interaction in the comments, etc. Jadis meets Negan. She doesn't, like, get reintroduced to him, etc. Okay. Um, because he kind of wins their trust, if you remember. Yep. Um, I I don't think... Yeah, for, for me, that ended that theory. Okay. Um, for you, did it, did it, do you think it kind of goes towards it or still <sighs> up in the air? Uh, for me, it's up in the air. Okay. Yeah. Would you like it to be? I don't know, man. I honestly, like, I honestly, I, after that episode ended with the shenanigans of Negan and Rick, I honestly was sitting here going, okay, I, I don't even know now what you could do to bring me back into this show. Because it, it just, that scene, that scene, the whole sequence, just culminated everything that's frustrated me about this season. Yeah. Like that 15 minutes of screen time is like the best example I could send somebody to go, you know, okay, here's what's wrong with this show. So, yeah. (laughs) So, so right now from your point of view, you're, you're feeling more kind of done with rather than, Rather uh, feeling infused about any aspect of dude, it, dude. They they would have to do uh, the. What do we got left? Four episodes. Yeah, they got four episodes, man. To like just wow me, wow me, and just go, oh my gosh, I have to tune back in because everything that I loved about this show seems to either have already left or is leaving. You know, when I can no longer, I've said it a million times on this podcast, what I loved about this show was going, how would I react in that situation? What would I do? You know, oh, that's how they're handling it. How would I handle it? And, and like you said earlier, you know, it was about the, the, the realism of how they're having to survive in this world. And now it's become an eighties action movie with, 
Well, I mean, the the the, the drama acting in the '80s action movie was horrible too. So, I mean, it's just really. <laughs> It's really become an 80s action show. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm watching like a bad A team without Mr. T. I mean, it's you know, we 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 could do the introduction of Mr. T. To be honest with you, I'd I'd, I'd pity the fool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. Um, I, it's difficult. I mean, I still I still really like the characters, and so I'm still kind of invested from that point of view. Um, I still uh, enjoy sort of looking at it and kind of hoping that things are, you know, looking at the situation, like the, the new character, the woman who's been introduced. I'd really like to see where that goes. Um, right. I'd be interested. But it is a constant kind of uh, balancing act where I, I can understand now why so many people are switching off. Oh, my gosh. If, yes. If that makes sense. Um, you know, I... I probably in season seven, uh, we were talking about the falling ratings and I was kind of saying then, you know, yeah, I can understand why people aren't enjoying it because of the dark start, but you know, it, it's now changing. Perhaps people just didn't like the pace of it. We're now into season eight and we're in the, the back half of season eight, you know, we're right on the, the rush to the finish line. I, I can understand now why people have kind of used the Negan storyline as a jumping off point. Yeah, I've kind of said, nah, you know what, I'm done. That's gone on too long. It, the the show's kind of done. It, it's really interesting to me that the kind of synergy where Negan was the reason the comics kind of got past issue 100, mm-hmm. and yet when it comes to the TV, I think Negan could be the very reason why the show stops. Yeah. That's just my humble opinion. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's almost, fair. It's almost like Gimple has become so obsessed with Negan that the the kind of everything else has suffered. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, it's just just opinions. Um, speaking of opinions, mm-hmm. on our Facebook page, I ask people after every episode to share their opinions. Uh, we call this feature Sam Butcher's names because I quite often butchered the names i've just looked we only have three comments this week and i'm delighted to say i know all of the names so i'm gonna be good this week but in the spirit of uh patrick laundry uh (laughs) it's asked me in the past my friend please hit my music yeah and now let us turn to our facebook page where sam butchers Names. And we have our first comment from Cheryl's wife and mother Webb. That's a very convenient middle name for a lady if she is indeed a wife and mother. <laughs> right. Uh she says Rick is so badass. Agreed, Rick does go full crazy Rick in this one. He is yep. a badass. Uh we then have Manda Aziqui. Manda uh, Hashtag Manda Aziqui. Thought it was a good one tonight. I liked seeing Lucille burn. Yeah, yeah, that was quite nice. Uh, although the bat still seems to be fine. I meant to ask you that. Are baseball bats coated in kind of things? Because if I set fire to a cricket bat like that here, the thing would be gone in like a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. No, it's the it's the type of the wood used, the way it's, it's aged and dried. And yeah. I mean, you know, the... Baseball batsmen are so dense. I'm in oh, air. Cool. Right. Yeah, that's all right. It was a genuine question. It was just so I was looking at it, thinking, 
Surely it's just wood. The thing's right. going to be gone down right. to the handle. Um, okay, uh, the turn in Simon is great. Uh, he's been waiting for this, you can tell. Bit frustrating Rick couldn't find Negan in the basement as he fell through the only hole in the floor. <laughs> and why was Lucille so far away? Yeah, good point. Uh, hilltop stuff was odd. Not sure what Sandy Toxvig was doing. I don't know who Sandy Toxvig is. Perhaps that's the actress, Georgie. Oh, maybe. Let me know, Amanda. Uh, hashtag Simon's mustache for president. Boom. <laughs> that's my new favorite hashtag. She's done. Yeah. No, no Tobin hashtag. She doesn't have a. You oh. know, I don't think we saw Tobin this week. Oh, that's right. Sorry, that was last week. Uh, yep, yeah, that was my poor, fault. Poor Amanda. Poor Amanda. Uh, now Patrick Laundry, uh, aka Landry. Amazing all round. Sorry, amazing all around. The Walking Dead that we love has returned. Lucille on fire in that dark room reminded me of a lightsaber fight. Very cool. Um, Hillary yeah. Clinton showing up out of nowhere was kind of creepy. Oh my also, gosh. a nice reveal of possible future comics to write Hillary Clinton. That's awesome. Well, he, he did look like just like a politician, didn't yeah. she? Which was yeah. kind of weird. Uh, what is Jadis going to do with Negan? Will she care what Simon disobeyed him? I think she's either bringing him back to Rick as a peace offering or going back to the car shredder. Yeah. Imagine if that was how the Negan storyline ended. Jadis just kills him. Right. <laughs> We've had all of this, all of this for ages. Uh, and then it's Jadis just like throws him in that machine. Done. That Story would be awesome. Over. That would be awesome. I would so love this show if they did that. <laughs> and she puts the jacket on and carries Lucille and calls right. it Negan from this moment on. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, there we go. Seriously, AMC, hire us. We, yeah. we would turn this show from, it was sort of horror, suspense, now it's an 80s action movie. We turn it into straight-up comedy gold. Yep. Um, okay, uh, big thank you to the three of you for the comments. Yes. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, always really entertaining, and always great just to hear opinions as well, because you know it's one of the things I try and emphasize. We just talk on there, and we chat stuff through. We have opinions on stuff. We're still watching the show. We're going to watch it next week. Uh, and it's great to hear Patrick really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that's, that's sure. really good. Um, so my friend, I mean that, that kind of covers the episodes. It covers the comments. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't have anything, uh, in the walking dead world. Really? The, the stuff to do with fear is interesting that they're going to air the, basically the premiere episode of fear. Of the walking dead is going to be the same night as the walking dead season finale. Yep. So basically, they're kind of going to be back to back. Read into that what you will. Um, whether we're going to see fear has time jumped, I really hope that is the case, um, because it will give fear a fresh start. Um, and I'm hoping a fresh start could could really spark my interest in that. Um, but yeah, well, it's available in certain cinemas. Certain cinemas across the states are going to be showing. Yeah. So check that out if you're interested. The only other thing which I wanted to ask you, you you may not know, but you may be able to look it up for me, and people listening may not know. Um, I saw online on Twitter a few people are telling me next week's a double episode. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I, I don't know whether this is just people have, perhaps the schedule is wrong, but I saw a few people on Twitter saying, hey, you know, next week's two hours, what's going on? 
Um, the only thing I can think of is if they're doing two back to back, but that yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me. The schedule here in the UK shows just normal one hour episode, but to be honest with you, it doesn't tell us the episode or anything until the actual day here. Okay. No idea why, but it doesn't. Right. So yeah, check that for me, man, if you don't mind yeah. and let me know. Um, but yeah, that's me done. Unless you got any other parts you wanted to chat about. No, the only thing I will say, uh, just to add add on to the heap of it, um, yep. was normally, usually Tuesday mornings, very early, the ratings uh, come out, and usually there's yeah. you know, eight or ten news stories about, oh, you know, the, the Walking Dead crushed it with its best ratings ever, or the Walking <laughs> Dead drops, you know, to yep. season one levels. And it's uh, it's twelve thirty here Eastern Standard Time yeah. in the U.S. And I'm usually having these stories by eight or nine a.m. Yep. There's nothing. <laughs> that, that would suggest to me there's people going. I demand a recount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look again. It can't possibly be that low. Or uh, you know you've reached the bottom of the barrel when people just aren't talking about it. Oh, yeah, that's another point to it as well. I, I think, to be honest with you, the, the ratings dropping on this is still a topic. People oh, sure. Yeah. I, I think any chance to kick it. Perhaps it's an indication it's stabilized this week. It could be, too. No one's kicking it. Right. Yeah. They're trying I'll to figure out how same. to spin it. Yeah. 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 There's no story there. Damn right. It. Um, yeah, well, no, when you when you do know, we'll put that on the page as well, because that's something we've been keeping an eye on this very interesting, because the more that drops, the more we know the budget's going to drop, and mm-hmm. the more we know the budget's going to drop. Um, so the last thing for me, really, is the ongoing saga with Maggie. Yeah. Um, Lauren Cohen, she is still not signed up to season nine, and the longer this goes, the more I'm starting to think we're going to lose Maggie. Um or, which to me is often the death nail of a show, they're going to recast. Oh my gosh. Sam Jones, I'm going to tell you something right now. If they recast yeah. a main character, I will never watch this show again. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I, I'll, I'll say it as well. Recasting on a show to me is, is kind of the death. Uh, it's done. <laughs> yep. If you're recasting. um, You know, unless there's a very good reason, you know, someone's passed away or something like that, you know, but... With this, all she's asked for is pay parity with her male co-stars. Yep. Uh, she's been in the show long enough. This is a very topical issue at the moment, which is probably why she feels powerful enough to be able to do it. Sure. But she deserves, you know, she's there. If she's doing the same job as the guys, she's been in it as long as the guys, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's as big a character as them now. Sure. Uh, I I feel that AMC holding out on that are kind of playing with fire because she's signed up to two new shows on ABC. Mm-hmm. She's filming the pilots for them right now. And because of that, she's actually missing all of the Walker cons. Right. Um, she like issued stuff on Twitter saying like, I'm sorry she wasn't, she'd be back. But obviously she's now filming TV stuff. Right. <clears throat> um, it's a sad situation. I really hate, that's how a really key character from the comics and the show was to go simply, you know, over this. It's so, so she has no contract for season nine. Am I right? Okay. Yep. 
So season eight is filmed and done. It's, it is. I think it's way too late to even try to do a reshoot. Well, um, here, here's an interesting thing for you, which is come from all of my vast reading and my very, very limited knowledge of the industry that it is because my daughter's an actress. If you are contracted to a show, <clears throat> so let's say you're contracted for season eight, Mm-hmm. You are also contracted for X amount of reshoot hours that typically don't get used. Right. Typically, you know, you've got X, you know, you're going to do this many shows, this much, this many shooting days. You kind of have like days thrown on there as like to cover it for bad weather, all these different stuff that can happen in delays. Sure, sure. And you have uh, reshoot allotted times. Um, my daughter, for example, when she was doing a voiceover for a cartoon, she had like so many days contracted and then they had the exact same amount again as kind of reserved that you had to sign up to, but you hoped and they hoped they wouldn't ever right. have to use. That basically means that if they've probably got a date in mind that at some point they could right the way up until a certain date or whenever the cutoff must be, it must be sometime in the summer where they could call her in using those hours to film something mm. which they they could then broadcast in series nine right but okay. I, i'm i'm with you time must be running out on it you know it there and and the what i always think about situations like this is there was a lot of news about it and now it's gone completely silent mm-hmm. um the, the silence for me is kind of deafening she is carrying on as if she's leaving because right. she's got to you know sure. actors the best one in the world, they got to keep working. Yep. Um, they are going to have to come back to her and basically meet her some way to, to get her to sign back on. Yep. I can completely understand her position. For me, I'm interested to know what that would do to the cast. Uh, Andrew Lincoln is someone who considers the cast members family. Oh, sure. He, he treats them as such. People in interviews talk about how he runs it like a community, all of them. You know, he treats them all. Uh, he takes it especially hard when people leave. Right. Um, I I just can't imagine him taking that line down. No, no, not not with the way he's been over Chandler Riggs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if the writing on the wall for The Walking Dead as we've known it, you know, isn't already spelled out, if she's not re-signed, yeah. the, what we've known is done. Now, whether they reimagine it and well, you know, with fear or something, I don't know. But so, throw one last theory out just before we go. Let's say we have called it right, and they are now experiencing serious budget issues around, you know, the the sheer size of the cast, etc., and things like that. Imagine if you were, and this is almost like the ultimate gimple, season nine is going to focus in, or first part of season nine or something, is going to focus in purely on Rick, Daryl, and a couple of others. Okay. Michonne. And then we're going to come back in season 10, or back after nine, and we're going to focus purely on Maggie and stuff like that. So we keep all of the characters but they're only going to be contracted for X amount of episodes. To me, again, that would be the nail, really. It's just, it'd be another sign the show's dying. But 
could possibly be why they're not signing certain people up to Series 9. Uh, it's not just Maggie as well. There are a few others. Um, I, I, know, I know the people who are definitely recontracted because of the nature of their contract is Daryl and Rick mm-hmm. um, and Negan. Um, but others there, like Carol and people like that, still haven't confirmed their back either. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of people holding out, you know, waiting to see what happens. There's part of me that wonders if they're not sitting back just waiting for the fear launch to see what yeah. kind of numbers they get on that show. Because if we're talking competitive numbers, like a million apart, let's say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the cost to do The Walking Dead has got to be outrageous versus what fear costs to make. Once a show's been renewed, can they still pull the plug? I don't know. Uh, just, Just interesting because I imagine they probably can. It'd probably cost them some money, like they'd probably have to pay the people who have signed on, like some salary, sure, or like sure, agreed, sure, sure, agreed cut. But it would still be a damn sight cheaper than making the show if they don't think the numbers, because that would go right with what you're saying, mm-hmm. which is we sit back and we see if Fear is doing the same sort of numbers. We know the Walking Dead's dropped down to numbers in the six. Fear was doing numbers in the four. Right. If if Walking Dead's dropping down to five and Fear's holding in the four to five, yeah, end it. Yeah, or yeah. you know they 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 see it and they go, okay, yeah, it's not going to be that far off. We just use season uh, not uh, yeah, nine to yeah. transition away from The Walking Dead over to Fear. And we just limit the amount of screen time for the main guys. We cut back yep. on CGI, explosions, yep. everything. And we just, oh. you know, wrap it. I, I don't know about you, man, but cutting back on the CGI, <laughs> that be, I, I'm happy with. Because the, the show for me was great in series one and two where they didn't really have the budget and they weren't able to do all this stuff. The fact that they've pushed, tried to push on and have these big CGI things. Yep. I mean, they did the tiger really well, but everything else has suffered because of it. Yep. I mean, everything else. Um, so yeah, look, let, let's draw a line there. I mean, yep. uh, we got we got to see Rick use his hatchet. That was yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, a big thank you everyone for listening. Uh, big thank you to you, my friend. I know how crazy busy you are at the moment, oh, so yeah. it's been fun. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try and get it out again next week. Um, see what they got to offer be interesting to see if the people on Twitter are correct. And if next week's is a longer episode or Mm. a double episode, we shall wait and see. But until next time, my friend, and to everybody listening, goodbye. We'll speak again soon. Yep. As always, Sam, it is my pleasure, my friend. We will catch you next time. That's a wrap. Followed by over 17,000 people on Facebook. You need to be one of them. Find the Stuff and Things podcast on Facebook at Stuff and Things Podcast. Also check us out online at StuffandThingsPodcast.com. If you can't figure out how to spell it, then you don't deserve to be there.